coming up on Just Elders Podcast. Well, where's here? How meta do we want to get? And yeah. you went to Harvard. I did. CNN you Tower. Jane Fonda, the, the exercise lady? Jane Fonda, the two-time Oscar winner and mm. now by marriage billionaire, Jane Fonda, yes. Mm. And um, You're making me feel like I got to treat America like when I be out the country. And yeah, <laughs> water's like, not a third world issue. Wait, what's happening in 2025? What are we doing? Well, they say 2025 is when like... What the, are you going to do? The scarcity is inevitable then, right? You got, well... Unless you... We're not we're not getting any new water. Yeah, your company is a big deal. Like we out here. Yeah. I mean, I ain't, I mean, not just hyping you up, but <laughs> red tape on hold just on, on, how man. we can no, get some of the stuff. I'm moving. sorry. Hmm? You gotta you gotta go in the chat. I'm gonna get a knock on my how door to... now. There's money in the scarcity. There you go. So like, there's so... A, a documentary that everyone should watch. It's on YouTube. It's called. That's why we got to bring data to the people. <coughs> ready? Born ready. It's Wednesday. I pop the pain away. I slide the pain away. I pop the pain away. Time for the I Just Out the Podcast. <laughs> Your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast. Let's get it in. Hey. Hey. If you're on YouTube, y'all see my lovely guests. It's going to be a good show. Shout out to the Spotify family, iTunes family, because y'all hear the music. Let's go, let's go, let's go, like. I hope I'm not too late. Hey. Set my demon straight. Hey. I know I made you wait. Hey. How much can you take? Good choice, good choice. I hope you can see. We're going to do a jet like this. What's up, family? It's your boy, Eldridge. You are tuning to the Just Eldridge podcast, the greatest podcast to ever hit the airways. I am super excited. We're about to record the greatest episode I have ever recorded. I say it every time, and I mean it every single time. Let's get a round of applause for last week's episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the views, all the shares. Uh, thank you to our guest, Maul. We love you. Shout out to Maisha making her podcast debut. She did a great job. Um, last week was a great episode. And I will say the last three weeks, including this week, I'm feeling like old school just. Oh, we, we, back, we back in that bag. Like, brothers, quit hitting us in them DMs about Maisha. She got her own IG. Exactly. Slide over there. Slide right? over there. Slide over there. Everybody would hit me about her. But I feel like we back in our bag, Key. Like, and when I say that, we can have every conversation and we have to have every conversation, right? Uh, this is a very eclectic podcast. It has a lot of range. Um, and the week before last, we had Rev on. Last week, we had Marlon on. And now this week, I'm even more excited. So without further ado, let me introduce my guest. Uh, this young lady, I have been a fan from afar for a very, very long time. Like, um, like I no, nah, I have. I have. Uh it's 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 one thing when you have a beautiful sister, right? Then you meet a beautiful sister with a great personality. Then you meet a sister with a beautiful a beautiful sister, great personality, super intelligent, right? Damn. And then beautiful, great personality, super intelligent, and saving the world. Oh! And 
all those together, and you have my you have my guest this week. So without further ado, please give a round of applause to the beautiful doll Avant. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Doll. <laughs> we in the building? What's up? D-L double L. What's up? Man, I'm excited you're here. Like, and unfortunately, we should have had this conversation a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But I think having it now with everything that's happening in the world, I think you are one of the best voices to kind of inform all of that, right? A lot of the problems, if they're not coming from industrial pollutants, they are coming from infrastructure. But guess what? Our infrastructure is 100 years old in this country. It's received a D rating from the American Society of Civil Engineers. And the price tag to fix it over the next 15 years would be about $1 trillion. That is a sound clip of the amazing TED Talk. You gave that back in when? 2018. 2018. Yeah. He gave his TED Talk. We've been out in these streets for a minute. For a long time. Yeah. Um, and I, I went back and listened to it before this interview, just, uh, you know, refreshing memory of your work. And obviously, uh, this conversation of podcast was prompted due to the unfortunate events that are happening right now in Mississippi, um, Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi. So before we get there, I want to start with you, though. You know, just tell the people who you are. Uh, I know you. they can hear it. They know where you're from. But go ahead and let them know who you are. And how, how did you land here? Well, where's here? How meta do we want to get? Um, it's your world. <laughs> I'm, I'm rocking with you today. No, I mean, I was born and raised in Atlanta, ATL, SWAT. Straight up. Doug High School. Doug High, Black and Gold, Astros all day. Okay, okay. We out here. Yeah. We don't know how to act unless we're doing something big and major. Um, The Astros do be turning up. We turn up. I will say, y'all got a pretty impressive alumni. You know what I mean? But I grew up here in Atlanta. Um, Came from a musical family, so my dad and my mom are both musicians. Nice. And they sang, recorded, if y'all know gospel music, they recorded with James Cleveland and Andre Crouch. Oh, like, they were real ones. That's right? why you got that cool award. They record, right? <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. I come from a gospel yes, singer. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so um, they recorded with sex records, like the whole thing. But also, my dad was a PhD. He was a statistician for NASA back in the Neil Armstrong era. Wow. And, um. Who knew you could use both sides of your brain like that, right? Yeah, like you you come from stock. You know what I mean? And my uncle, his brother, my uncle Oscar, has nine. No, nine U.S. patents. And they didn't tell us that growing up. So apparently I was born for this work. I didn't know. Um, they did not tell us that. But anyway, so yeah, I grew so like yeah. growing up. Like growing up when you were younger, like what are some of the things, hindsight, you see now? Like, when you think about it, some stuff you've seen as a child that really informed you today that yeah. you probably didn't think yeah. that's what it was. Well, growing up in a household like that, I didn't know that it was not normal right. to, like, just be doing things that are groundbreaking or, like, changing the world or, like, I thought that was normal. Right. I I grew up in Atlanta in a time where, you know, everybody was black. The doctors black, the teachers black, the, the store owners black. I thought the whole world was like that. I right. didn't know. You know what I mean? And so I was... Probably since I was nine or ten before I figured out, you know, how jacked up the world is. But um, growing up in that environment really just made me believe that I could do anything. Like, I didn't have any limits on my thinking. Right. So I was probably groomed to be, like, an innovator and a world changer, as you said so politely in your introduction. So you left Doug and yeah. you went to Harvard. I did. How do you, uh, what made you choose Harvard? Like you said, everything black. Like, I'm <laughs> right. pretty sure everybody wanted you from Spell, like Howard. 
fam. Everybody. You said it too casual. You were from Doug to Harvard. Harvard. Like, Harvard. Like, yeah. like yeah. always they came like, here to get you. Like Yeah, like <laughs> what, what what that decision. You come want this from? Th- you story? Okay. Yeah, let's let's get All this, right. let's look at the so, Harvard story. Like my parents, I grew up using both sides of my brain. So I'm a singer, dancer, actress, triple threat, uh, signed to a modeling agency in New York, turned down three record deals, like coming up in school, right? So we were running around on Atlanta back in the day. When Who was hot when you was coming up? Like, I mean, we were behind them, but we were looking up to like the escape and the, you know. Okay, okay. Folks coming out they of Try High and the whole thing. Contest, right? But they were ahead of us. We were like, oh, y'all done paved the way. Now we out here, you know. Right. Um, yeah, we had the girl group and then we had our companion guy group. Like it's, it was a lot, but like the guys got signed, um, to be songwriters, like for Dallas Austin and all this stuff. And all the girls, um, our moms were like, um, y'all going to college. <laughs> so we all just had to go to college. So I'm 17. I'm confused. I got all these, I got opportunities. I got all these schools I applied to. I got in all the schools I applied to. I got scholarships. So nothing is helping me make a decision, right? Mm. So one of my mentors at the time was Jane Fonda. So she was married to Ted Turner back then. So she used to sit up in the top of the CNN Tower. Like Jane Fonda, the, the exercise lady? Jane Fonda, the two-time Oscar winner and mm. now by marriage billionaire, Jane Fonda, yes. Mm. And um, so she, she <laughs> She was married to Ted Turner, so I would go sit in her office, and she's like, well, tell me what you want to do, like, that, and I was like, I don't know, I'm confused, like, I, I can do a lot of things, you know, and she said, who told you you had to choose? You can do more than one thing. Now, when a two-time Oscar winner with all her movie posters behind her tells you you can do anything from the top of the CNN Tower that her husband built and founded, you kind of believe them, right? Mm-hmm. So this is this further having me thinking like there's no limits so i applied everywhere got in everywhere my parents lived in la till the year before i was born my brother was born in orange county right so they used to have fun and go to the beach and go skiing and do all the stuff on the weekend then they moved to atlanta got boring right so i'm like my whole life i'm moving to cali i'm going back to cali like that's what i'm gonna do so i got into usc i went out to visit i was like this is so dope this is what i'm doing like it even says in my high school yearbook that i'm going to usc right so then in april Stanford and Harvard had their pre-frost the same weekend. So I was like, well, I just left California. Let me go see what Harvard is talking about. And I get up there and I'm like, what is this? Like, there are actually black people here. Like, I literally didn't think there were black people at Harvard. Certainly not a community and certainly not people that are cool, like, that I would hang out with. Like, Mm. people making music and stuff like that. Like, Ryan Leslie was there at the time. He was ahead of me in school. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Look, I'm over here like, what? Like, who's cool, right? But we said right, right. Rashida Jones, yeah. uh, Quincy Jones, the youngest daughter, yeah. was a senior when I was coming in. Like it was okay. some people. Barack Obama was there too, right? No. <laughs> hey, look, you don't been around. You don't been around. Like you've been blessed to be around the, yeah. some networks. You know what I'm saying? Being an astro, you know what to, I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, you, yeah. Okay. So I that's know why I decided has to been go a to part her. of your journey. Absolutely. Heavy. Yeah. I see it. I see it. So you get to Harvard. You see Ryan. You know, you give him the idea of the super phone, like. You you know you give him all this. Ins- we used to sing together. See, I mean, he was it was again. He was like, "Man, I'm about to get this deal, and I want you to come over here." And I went the other way. Yeah, I still rock. I mean, I talked to him a few years ago. Talked to him. So after Harvard, what we do? <laughs> so Harvard um, taught me a couple things. One, it taught me that, like I said, the people that make a difference in the world are just regular people. Like mm-hmm. we sent right here. 
Right. You can do it. You can change the world. You can, you know what I mean? Right. So when I was leaving Harvard, Mark Zuckerberg was coming in. Mm. His dorm was down the street I was about from to, mine. I was about to ask you, what was the time? Yeah, his dorm that. was down the street from mine. And it's just like, he's just a kid. He wasn't even an original idea. Somebody else on campus had the same idea. You know what I mean? And then you just... Before you stole it. And you just get aggressive. You're like, this is what I'm going to do. And you just go and do it. Right. Now, he had a privilege that we don't get as... um Talk about that. People of color, all right, because he dropped out of school and just, like, went to Cali to figure it out, right? They had no revenue model. This is public record. Everybody knows this, right? right. So he's just floating around Cali for however long, right, meeting different people until he got a network of people to help him figure it out. You can't float. How are you going to float? Your mama, <laughs> you don't have that kind of runway. No, nah, you don't. That kind of cushion, right? That well, kind of. You got to figure it out. Right. And so you gotta be making money while you figuring it out. You know what I mean? So we the the limits get put on our thinking and our creativity and our innovation just by our circumstance of, right. of how we live and how we came up in this country. So that's one of the things that I learned. But I'm a serial entrepreneur. So I did do uh, wealth management. I worked for UBS Morgan Stanley. I did all that, flew around doing all that. But um I started my first company, um, exited that company and then I was known as the CEO whisperer. So I was working with a lot of CEOs of the other companies who were doing 15, 20, 100 million a year, whatever. So I'm learning all these different parts of business. And I started working with my mentor. He's 82 years old now, almost 83. He's the first African-American to have his own bottled water plant in the United States. Mm. And he, who is he? he Percy Jones. Percy Jones. And he invented a water filter that was really amazing. And got an award from John Lewis, like Congressional Black Caucus, for innovation. Like, it was really dope. So he asked me to help him take it to market. So we're going to meet all these big companies and AT&Ts of the world. And they're like, this is amazing. We love this technology. But we don't need it because our water's fine, right? And so part of my job was to look at the data. And being a data scientist, because I went back to Harvard, I studied um, data analytics at Harvard Business School. I also did data science and statistics at MIT. So... Damn. I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah, the, the sound coming. The sound coming. I mean, it's a lot. We, we it's proud. a lot. We proud. We it's proud. what we do. So I'm looking at, the, and I'm like, this is a data problem. People don't actually know what's in the water, so they don't know that they needed a solution. Right. And then about eight months after that, Flint happened. Mm. So it became this kind of international headline and scandal, right? So it really gave y'all the opportunity to show. Like this, this is what we've been telling y'all anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in studying the space and I became some of a, somewhat of an expert in space. And I realized that there, there are dozens of really amazing and innovative solutions in terms of like actually cleaning the water yeah, and get stuff out of there and you're good. The issue is they're in somebody's basement, they're in a university, they're in a lab somewhere siloed off and they, they don't bring them to market. Nobody has aggregated people. They like to politicize things like water. And because it's so expensive to, like, solve the problem of water. Right. But as you played in that clip, most of our infrastructure in this country is about 100 years old in terms of water infrastructure. And that's the same thing that's happening right now in Jackson. Like, it's just old. Like, what are you doing? Right. So if any kind of rain, flood, anything, like, it's old. It's going to break, right? And so they don't want to dedicate resources to fix it until something late. crazy happens. It's too late. And so when Flint happened, I was like, why? Why isn't there an app for this? Like, why can't I have my, put in my zip code or my address and kind of know what's happening with water quality? 
because it was almost four years before that became like a national story. Like nobody was letting the people know that they were drinking poison. So it was happening before it started happening. Yes. And and anybody that's an organizer or activist, they know that's how it works. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, you need big media to Mm -hmm. really spread major issues. Yeah. And so the, 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 the mechanism for bringing solutions is broken. Right. So what if there was a way to have data to know what was in the water before something crazy happened? Right. Right. Like it's like checking the weather. What if you didn't know there was a hurricane coming until it was here? Right. Like the life, the destruction of life and property would be be horrible. So much worse than than it ever is with the storm. So I said, why can't we invent technology that does the same thing for water quality? the way they do a weather report. For the weather. So how did you get from your mentor's filter company to insert where I meet you, your company? And you can introduce people to tell people your company yeah. and what you do. Yeah. yeah, so I started solving this problem. I'm like, well, we're just going to aggregate all the data so you can put in an address and know what's in your water. Now, I didn't know that that was basically impossible at the time when I set out to do it. So help, hope, um, it was good that I grew up thinking that Everything is possible because I didn't know. So the reason why it's basically impossible to do and no one had done it before is because there's 151,000 individual water systems in the United States. And the data is unstructured and it's siloed and it's all different formats and it's all over the place, which basically means there's no one place to go and find out what's in the water. That's not a thing. So I built it. So it took about a year and a half. And then I, I pulled all the data from the EPA, public utilities, municipalities, like wherever into a data engine I had to create it from scratch and our team put that together and then I wrote an algorithm that sits on top of the data so it turns it into a number so again think about if you check the weather like a weather app right at the top you see 80 degrees or 30 degrees you know 80 degrees is hot 30 degrees is cold right but all that stuff below air pressure barometer we don't know what that is what is that we don't even check it but without all of that random data they wouldn't be able to tell you the temperature tell you it's going to rain in 15 minutes right Right. so it's a very complex data model so i invented the same thing for water quality so we have aqua score 100 is good zero is bad heat maps blue is good red is bad what's in this water what does this mean for my health what kind of filter do i need all filters are not the same right and so being able to access that type of data, even if you don't have a degree in chemistry or environmental engineering, apparently is revolutionary. So what's the name of the app? Oh, well, my company's called Aquagenuity, right. right? So where water meets ingenuity. So we just use data to help you monitor environmental stuff in real time. So that's where I met you. I met you, um, and I just seen you on stage. I, seen, I, I heard you pitch a few times, and... Being someone in the tech startup world, having to pitch before, like, I mean, you got it. You you know, they talk about what that ick factor is. Um, and it's a combination of things that give you the ick. It's the passion. It's the uh, the knowledge. And then it's actually the solution. Like, mm-hmm. and all three of those is what you bring to the table. Yeah. Uh, realistically or practically, how does your company help what's happening right now? And Jackson and Flint, all of that stuff. Like, how do you solve that problem? Or So it's three approaches you have to take because, like I said, they politicize things like water. Um, if you read any of the articles about Jackson, a lot of it is just like they won't release the money that is needed to fix the infrastructure because they're politicizing it. And it's 83% black population mm-hmm. in Jackson. It's actually the largest 
single concentrate of a big city that's black in the in the United States. Right. And so white politicians at the regional or the state level, you know, they're going back and forth about releasing the dollars to fix the infrastructure, all of that. So if you politicize it and nobody wants to blame for it, then what they do is they kick the football down the field. When you in, uh, introduce data, the transparency, as we say, data to the people. Um, I like it. You, <laughs> I like it. You no longer have the option to hide because we can see what's happening. Right. So imagine if I'm just looking at my Aquascore board area. Well, why are we in a red zone? I come inside of this area, it's all black and it's red. But then outside this area, it's green it's and green blue and, and everything's cool. You can't fight with me about data. You can't make it political or based on who's in office. It's the data is the data, right. right? And so first thing we introduce is that transparency, just data, just anybody can understand what's going on. You empower people with the information. There you go. Okay. And then the second thing we do is we give people a voice. So as opposed to like angry neighbor just yelling, you know, at any news camera that would turn her way. Now a whole group of citizens or community or schools and people, regular people can get involved and say, hey, look at the data and start talking to their elected officials and start coming together to put solutions in place or whatever the case may be. So we give them a voice. We aggregate people, right. which is actually really hard to do because, you know, everybody knows about the United Nations and the Sustainable Development Goals SDGs, right? There's 17 goals we're supposed to hit by 2030. Right. To, like, fix the world. So clean water is number six. But target 6B talks about how do you um, activate local communities to monitor their own water. Mm. Like, this is, like, a major shift that has to happen if we're going to solve the grand global challenge of water. The last one of the last um, documents that Obama uh, authorized to be written before he left office from the president's council on science and technology was talking about the water crisis. And one of the eight recommendations, there were eight recommendations. Three of them said, we got to get data to the people basically. And we got to get local citizens involved in solving their own water problems. And I I think it's so hard because just when you think about our people, we facing so much shit. Like you got police brutality, you got poverty. I'm trying to struggle. Like, you mean the? It's like ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. Like so, if you add the environment, that's why I think it ain't that many black people in the environmental space because mm-hmm. everything else is trying to. Like, it's just me. too much. It's so just too if much. I add the environment yeah. to that uh, battle, now I'm like, damn, where am I not fighting? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I think that's where black people are when it comes to environmental stuff, and we don't really get into it like that because mm-hmm. it's hard. It's overwhelming. Yeah. It's an overwhelming thought. And like, damn, this shit fucked up. It's too yeah, much. I think it's political too. I think yeah. what she says is so politicized. Like, if I'm looking at numbers and I know I see smog coming out of a can- of a plant and my house is right here, mm-hmm. it doesn't take a rocket scientist or a data scientist to find out like I'm gonna be sick. Mm-hmm. So then, when you politicize it and you're trying to, you know, put all these laws in place that says, okay, well, as long as it's not this polluted, exactly, is is legal. And I think that's what black people fall off because, you know, we do have so many things to deal with. And now you're arguing with me about data and facts. And we see this all the time. Like we saw something happen. We see it. We have the data. We have everything we need, but there's still a different conclusion. So like, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you really overcome dealing with politics with data? Cause like I have a math degree. I'm a numbers person too. Mm-hmm. So like, 
it's so hard to argue with somebody mm-hmm. when they see the number, right. but it is politicized. So, like, how do you overcome that? So there's the aggregation of the data is the key, and putting it in the hands of people is the key. So when you think about politics, I, I said the first time I said it was in Forbes, an uh, interview I did with Forbes, it, I, I said water is not a political issue. It's a human issue. And that just means that, look, man, at the end of the day, these are literal human beings walking around, can't take, a, you know, people say, oh, just bottled water. The reason why you can't just send bottled water to Jackson and we're good till they fix it is because you got to take a bath. Right. Skin is your largest organ. Right. So you're heating up the water, opening up your pores, whatever's in that water that's so bad that they don't want you to drink it, it's still going straight into your system. Oh, they said just don't just keep your mouth closed while you take a shower. That's I what mean, they said. as if they said just close your mouth, as if your body does not. Absorb, you know what I mean? So that's ridiculous. That crazy. Boil advisories are not sufficient because science. Okay, there are three ways, more than three, but let's call it three categories that water can be polluted or contaminated. Right? Mm-hmm. Organic. So if I boil the water, I'm trying to kill if there's an organism in there. Cool. But you got chemical and you got, like, heavy metals like lead. Mm-hmm. By the way, there's been a notice on the water bills in Jackson, apparently, the last four or five years at the top. Like, hey, this lead might be out of control, out of pocket. Just side note. Like, they just put it on the top of the bill because it's pretty bad. It's been that messed up. So if you boil it. How many people get paper bills to even read that? Half the, is the numbers of people who don't even get bills. Like, it's bad. But if you boil this water... The metals, whatever's in there, is going to get concentrated. Right. It's not making it better. It's getting worse. You know right. what I mean? Right. And so there's just no, that's ridiculous. So when we aggregate the data, we give people a voice, but we actually have solutions to actually go and clean up the water. Now, this has been in the lab for four or five years. Um, part of the line has gotten approval from the EPA now. But, like, literally, we can just go in, give me this toxic water, put it through our system, and it's going to come out clean and drinkable, usable. So we can do that now. Aquagenuity can do that now. So I'm going to get a cape uh, from <laughs> the store tomorrow, and then we go into Jackson because, like, we literally just got this approval, and then this happened. So I'm going to clean up the water. People are like, oh, you can't do that. It's a, politicians are not going to like it. And I'm like, listen, humanity over everything. That's another one of our hashtags. You're not going to sit here and poison people, and I have a solution, and I sit here and watch it. And just let it know. So I'm, we're not doing that. So how do you get? How do you all get your system in? Like, how does that work? You about to go down there? Yeah. Like, just dig it up yourself. Fuck that shit. What you gonna, what we, you gonna we got relationships, like you said. So whether that's our HBCUs down there, you know, we got Jackson State and different relationships there. Whether it's people in government, we do we do know these people. She about to call Dion. That's what, hey. <laughs> hey, shout out to Dion. Everybody, Dion everybody who's connected, especially in the black communities probably one phone call away right from, yeah. from anybody that's influential yeah, yeah that's that's right yeah i watched the bill collective so i know there's people down there that's, that can yeah. come together so we're just gonna make it happen because again when you give data to the people it's kind of like power to the people when you give them the information but you give them a solution you're gonna tell me we can't do this at scale we, oh no we want to poison these children like i want you to stand up on tv and say that like we got a solution but no no to that is is the water in flint still yes messed up it is are they still living off bottled water in some in some cases so that's that's the other thing that was um when i seen people you know and i get it you know people just want to help like you said before you got started you uh 
went in. Uh, I'll see a TED talk. You said you went and volunteered at a uh, what did you say? A, a water? You said in Flint? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no! When Flint happened, you said you were mad. You wanted to do something. You went to volunteer. Well, they flew. Company. They flew us up to um, Flint. Google flew yeah. me up to Flint. When that happened, and uh, this is probably a year after it became a big headline. But they flew us up there to see firsthand what was really going on. And they were filming a docuseries on aquagenuity. But also, we spent like a day and a half just passing out bottled water. Like, it's miles and miles down the street, lines of cars, just waiting to get a case of water. So you can go home and and try to live and try to bathe your your kid. and Like, it's crazy. You're giving two cases per adult. Yeah, and it's like, oh, they can't have... Can't have more than that, you know what I mean? Like, so, what am I supposed to do? So I'm saying that to say, when I seen people raising the water, and I love it, I love everybody trying to help. Mm-hmm. But it's like, bro, it's like, if people still fucked up in Flint, yes, and then you just see us finding money for everybody outside of America. Like, mm-hmm. we we can get so much to Ukraine, we can get so much over here, exactly. Like, but Flint still don't got water, and it's like. That's why we're into media, mm-hmm. because if we depend on big media, if the only time we get action is if big media moves, right. once big media moves on, mm-hmm. we do too. Mm-hmm. That's why Flint, looking at everybody sideways, like, well, shit, mm-hmm. y'all stop sending water up here? Like, it's shit, shit. Yeah. So it's like, my question is, how far are we here, even in Atlanta, mm-hmm. from being a Jackson? Um, you know, shout out to Shirley Jackson. Let's let's do that. Our the former mayor. Because she went in yeah. to replace we would have been a Flint. And we still have a lot of issues in, in Atlanta. Well, let's call it Georgia. I try not to call people out. But about a, two years ago, uh Georgia had the fifth most violations of the Safe Drinking Water Act in the United States. Hmm. That was a few years ago, so man. But um yeah, it we could have it could have been a lot worse, but she pushed really hard to get the funding. I actually talked to her about that to she, replace those pipes. She was just saying how while we was on the campaign for Andre, mm-hmm. and she was just saying like sometime when you're a mayor, you inherit an issue. Mm-hmm. She said I didn't want to be the sewer mayor, mm-hmm. but that was the big issue. So like, I'm so glad she did that, and she became the sewer. So she. Uh, her work is a lot of reason why we're not a Flint. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yes. What's our score? I'm not going to say. I'm not. I'm serious because it gets back to the people try to politicize it. Oh, well. So what we've done, the reason why we've been successful So can is, I go on the F and shit the score? No, we'll say like, well, well, first, how, how, how is the score ranked? Like, what's the ranking of the score? Like, what's... It's zero. A hundred is the best. That's right. So one hundred is the best. Just like school. Just like grade. Oh, so it's just like that. Do we got an A? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. B. <laughs> just, just, just tell me, are we doing better than an F? We're doing better than an F. So I have a C student. <laughs> I'm drinking seawater right now. Okay. I, I take it. I take it. I take it. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Because like, if you have an A or B student, I have kids. So I know if I have an A or B student, I'm proud. I'm, I'm on the podcast. I'm telling y'all about it. If you never heard me say it anything, it's because they brought home that C. I wasn't too proud. But we're doing better than the F, so I'm smiling. That's why you're smiling. We're so smiling. we got it. We got but strategically... It. The reason why I'm saying I'm not going to say on the, on the podcast. It's just on the podcast, y'all. Strategically, we we will be opening the consumer side of the platform in 2023. So at that so point, anybody we'll be able to see. Anybody, that way dated to the people for real. Yes. Also, but, right now, the app isn't open for... Uh, right. It's, it's, it's a just, B2B. So what, correct. Because well, mm. water is a shared resource. It lives in the middle of what we call the golden triangle. 
Okay. We got consumers, corporations, and cities. We all share the same water. So what a corporation does, if they're dumping something, it's going to impact me, the consumer. If I complain to the city, they're going to call and say, oh, it's not us, it's this corporation over here. Corporation, we say, hey, you need to clean up this water. They say, well, they only get pressured to do that if they get a voice from a bunch of consumers complaining if it's going to affect their bottom line or their, you know, their brand or their stock value price or whatever. Right. And then they say, yeah, well, what are the city going to do about it? You know what I mean? So we had to build a multi-sided platform. So we started dealing with cities and corporations first. And one of the things that I did was let them know, hey, this is a tool. We are a data company. We are not whistleblowers. I'm not an environmental group. We're not, you know, advocates. We're not out here trying to place blame for who poisoned the water and who did this. Mm-mm. Here's the data. Here's some steps you can take to fix this water. What are you willing to do? You can so they license our data. They use our dashboard, our platform, to monitor their progress in cleaning up and maintaining high standards for water quality. That's it. So we did that, and they see us as a tool, as a resource, somebody that sits on the same side of the table with them and not like an enemy. So now we have great relationships. So now we can empower the people. Very strategic. I like it. I like that. So what happened? We can go on there after it's published and come on the podcast and say, Atlanta got a C, DeKalb mm-hmm. County got an F. Right. What are we going to do? Right. Vote this nigga out because he got the water <laughs> messed up. And we got you, got Correct. you, got you. I appreciate it. We'll wait for the job. We'll wait for the job. <laughs> ain't got an F. Clinton County. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> podcast coming soon. So uh, what about... Um, what about the difference between city water, well water? Like we start about talking about all the water and mm-hmm. what should we be drinking, alkaline water, you know, let's, mm-hmm. let's spring water. Let's, like, let's get to it. Oh like, Lord. What should we be consuming out here? Well, this is Kroger ooh, water, ooh, Publix, who got the best water. See, again, I have home training, so certain things I'm not allowed to say, but here's what I will tell you. Oh my God. There are certain springs, <laughs> if you read on the bottle, certain ones. It says such and such spring. There's no such spring anywhere in the world. Okay. So it's not, that's always spring water just because it says springs on the label. Start there. Okay. Um, 60% of bottled water is tap water. So it's the same water as municipal water. And you taste it. Okay. You taste it. Hold on. 60%. That what was in you, Consumer Reports last year. This you, is public record. Give me one you well, know when, that's not. When you say tap water, you mean literally. You look on the back of the faucet. bottle and it says municipal water source. That means it's the same water. And you just charge me for what I actually got for Put free. in a bottle. Correct. Yeah. There's no laws against it. This is a good part. I'll do some research. Do some research. So look. So give me a water we know is real water. Because we ain't going to call nobody out. Let's, no, 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 let's, no. Let's, let's pray. No, somebody. what I will say is, if this is how you know. You walk the sun is tap water. <laughs> we all know that. If you can squeeze and crush the don't bottle. Don't your shooter's coke. And then, <laughs> I didn't say it. it don't your I said it. We all know that. If you can squeeze the water bottle and just really easily crush it. That's the Like with water the, in it? Yeah, you know, just. Right. The, um, the, the flimsier the bottle. The Probably more tap. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. I, I know I know a water bottle in particular. It squeezed so easy. My baby can like squeeze paper. the bottle. Yeah, My baby grabbed the bottle. He the, plays with the bottle. The water that we sending to so, to Jackson so. is those water. Yeah. That's what we talk, the little yeah. package we give them. Kroger water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa, wow. So, you know, we anyway. I mean we the views 
of this podcast did not reflect. No, 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 no. It's cool. I, I'm I just saying. That. But but it but it but that is a real key indicator. So like, you know, you know, some companies they have barters bottles that were harder before, and they'll make an announcement. We got a new and improved bottle, mm-hmm. and then that new and improved bottle is a little flimsy. Yeah. Like so, when you go from Voss yeah. from trying to be glass, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Voss tried to be glass, and now they plastic now. Yeah. That's all. So and it is expensive. Now I'm not saying you know I'm you just trying to give you yeah. like you broad strokes. Broad broad strokes. strokes. No, I'm not familiar. Moon jug. Yeah. So Moon Jug Water. It's a uh, water company that was out here selling, but they they was glass water. See, so I'm sick. Talking about that Moon Jug? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, I, can't, I just want to see what you do about it. can't speak to that one. So what about well water? Is that good? Is well so water? it just depends. So it, here's the thing about water. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the water cycle. Let us know if the we water ecosystem. outside of you. No, 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 no. Okay. It's all connected. Okay. So if it's in the air, if it's in the soil. It's going to get in the water. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you think about well water, it, sometimes that's near like agricultural activity or Georgia has a lot of poultry farms, whatever. That stuff is running off and it's going straight back into the water. So typically that ends up in wells like uh, pesticides or things that they use in, in growing agriculture. Mm-hmm. So they have issues around that in, in well water. And then city water, we have similar runoff issues. So it rained really hard today, right? right? Anything that's in the soil, think of all the grease that some people's driveways and stuff, that it just runs down with the rainwater, gets into the sewer, goes through to the water treatment plant. And that's what happened in Jackson. It just overwhelms the treatment facility. So they're not filtering that stuff out. They're not even required by law to filter most of that stuff out. They do what they can, and if they get overwhelmed, that's what it is, and then it comes out your tap. So it's about the same, whether it's city or water. We have the same issues because it's an interconnected system. It's pretty bad. And, of course, all water is not bad, right? But 82% of Americans have some significant contamination in their water. So I read something. I can't remember where I read it, so I'm probably about to butcher it. But it was like saying water is about to be the new gold. Yes. Is is that true? That is true. They say um, new gold, new oil. They say the next wars are going to be fought over water. Absolutely. So, like, my family, we got a well, 200-foot mm-hmm. well on our, like, what's the value of that? If you was in our position, what should we be doing with that? It's pretty valuable. Um, I would say you got to, you know, do some surveys to figure out where the sources of that water is, like, underneath yeah, it's under, know, the, it's under, all of that and, like, what's connected to it, what are your property rights, all that. But um, not necessarily going to the bottled water business or anything, but um, definitely look at ways to protect protect that water source test it i would test it see if you have any contamination and anything that can be addressed to kind of clean it can i take you out there to see it for sure i would love to let's roll let's roll let's do that i would love to get uh check it out so we field trip wait yes that's that's a good question let's go um because to piggyback off of that um also here there's a report about how just the water rain water has forever chemicals correct so what can you speak to that if you can? i did yes okay. i will um so that was in the ted talk as well these are so you can P- do PFAS, his homework. as as you say this is for the people for the podcast pfas you. and pfoas you, right and these are chemicals that think about like teflon um when they are fighting fires they use that foam stuff you know what Tef- nobody knows what teflon is anymore the Teflon Don, Rick Ross. Yeah. But do we know what it actually is? No. Bulletproof. <laughs> it's for bulletproof. It makes it make and it makes like your pans non-stick. They put this chemical on it. It's called Teflon. The pans bulletproof? 
Oh no, you talking about the ones that like uh, when the water rolls off the pants, like the dirt proof. Well, she thing? said pans, like yeah, frying like, pan. pan. Oh, that's Teflon. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Put that on. So, but think of the same. It's the like, same. Like, uh, <laughs> right, like right, blank right. man. You know, blank man had. To... <laughs> right, 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 right. So that's why I had to check my reference. Don't but anyway, try that shit at home. Cody, put a disclaimer. So I'm like shooting right. in it. Right. Shoot right. it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't again. Oh lord. So anyway, a lot of common, very common things, carpets, like whatever, it has these chemicals in it. So they make plastic. They make this stuff at the factory. Then it runs off. It's in the soil it gets in the water table now it's everywhere just like microplastics are now everywhere so most of us have it in our body at this point the forever chemicals but the issue here's the issue is actually not illegal for that stuff so they know it causes cancer they know it builds up in your system so we don't die instantly when we drink water in the united states but over time it builds up in our system and it causes i mean diabetes alzheimer's all kind of cancer all types of problems that we have, and we, no. a lot of it is environmental. You're making me feel like I got to treat America like when I be out the country. And yeah, <laughs> water is like, not a third world issue. It's, it's when they say don't drink the water in Mexico. Yeah, so like, yeah. this right. is what makes. So I'm glad we're I'm glad we're doing this. Yeah, come on. Because the here. Reg- <laughs> we pod, we pod. Because the average person doesn't understand this, and we need to understand it, especially black people and brown people, because right. they're poisoning us disproportionately. It's some white people. Okay. We got you, Cody. Or just low-income communities <laughs> or just anywhere where you don't have a very high tax base. If you don't have super-duper new infrastructure where you live, right. this problem affects you. So it's not just based on color. But when they say, go to Mexico, don't drink the water, it's because it has, like, organisms in it that our system is not used to. Like little, you know. Magnets. Microbes? Whatever, Yeah. Like, whatever that is. Not what? like worms, but whatever you want to call that. Like bacteria or something. Yeah. But our body's not used to that. Protozoa. Just little... Kind of like that. Because oh right? you weren't born on it. Right. So we, it's not in our system. So we will get sick. They don't get sick. It's like when you go home and eat country folk pork. Like if yeah, you, yeah. You know what I mean? You got some really vivid examples. Yeah. You country boy. I know exactly what I you mean. It. But it's true, right? Yeah. So in the United States, we have the EPA kind of basic standards where... They they deal with the organic stuff in water. So that's what your local treatment plan is doing. They If something's live in there, they're going to kill it. Right. So they use chlorine and disinfectant and whatever. Okay. But it doesn't deal with the chemical <laughs> and, you know, uh, metal contaminants that are in the water. And so the forever chemicals are in the water. We know it's in the water, but it's not illegal. The EPA tests for or requires them to test for just under 100 contaminants that are regulated. Right. There are over a hundred thousand contaminants that we know are in our water supplies in so, the United States. So does the system that Aquajunity has does that clean everything? Yes. Most things. Most things. Most things. And it's I'm not allowed to say what you just asked me. But right. it can clean a lot of stuff that we're concerned, you know, we should be concerned about. Right. Yes. So I got a question. So the because you kept mentioning laws that like, you know, some of this stuff is legal as far as the chemicals. The EPA mm-hmm. is the agency that uh, regulates all of that for our water system. Yeah. So if uh, us as citizens in America, if we want to change some of those water laws to make them better for us, we would have to focus on the EPA, which is normally an appointed position. They are appointed. That's gotcha. right. All right. It is. That's why we got to bring data to the people because people get aware and they start to come together, aggregate as a 
force. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you're going to drive change. And that's my second question. Based on the data, is some of this kind of tied into industry? Like as we get more industrial, yes. we now have these different chemicals Absolutely. that before they never even thought about that's writing correct. This is the legacy of the 20th century. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then do you or can you mm-hmm. say anything, um, a couple things we could do? to kind of maybe steer us in basically solve this crisis that's about to come in what, two years, 2025, mm-hmm. at least three and a half years. So what could, wait, what, what's happening in 2025? What are we doing? Well, they say 2025 is when like half of the world is going to be like water oh, scarce. Yeah. So true. like when half of the world becomes water scarce, it, it affects America because normally those people mm-hmm. want to come here. That's right. So then that's going to put a, so then, what how do you can, prepare for life? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what can we do? How do we prepare? <laughs> we have to for set this? new standards. Okay. So that's the reason why, like I said, we've been very strategic about building the platform and aquagenuity, building these relationships. Like we've been out here working. New stand, hold on. I ain't taking no shorter showers. New like, standards. You, like, no, not that's not the new standard. Uh, okay. The new like, standard should on be everybody should have something, okay. and then those who can't afford it, corporations. My girl people just should came to me. For it. Yesterday it was like she's seen some report and she was like, I think we should get yeah, a filter for our shower. You should. And if I was you, like, if we have a filter you. for our water, you know, so the, the, tap water and we yeah. drink and stuff, but not because your skin is your largest. I'm gonna ask y'all like, yeah. they ain't pay for it. I ain't, I ain't, yeah. I'm about to say, what should, filter should we get? But oh they, yeah, they, they ain't pay for it. No, exactly right. They ain't pay for it. So they, they ain't pay for that. Pay for that sponsorship. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's coming, coming soon. But uh, so based on what you got going on with your company, are you the only one? Is there, is there like a group of y'all, like it's water warriors? Guardians of H2O. That's what y'all, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I feel like it's a Marvel movie, you know what I'm saying? Say, who, the who, Guardians of H2O. Yeah, which one am I? Iron Man. What are you talking That's about? It. The original. That's yeah. it. You know, you bring it in that lab, just making it do what it do. But yeah, the we are. Um, start <laughs> Right? <laughs> Um, started this work, didn't know. This is your original question you asked me. We've been around the world. So I started this work. I put the data engine together. I wrote the algorithm, doing all these things. I didn't know it was impossible or I was the first one in the world to do it. The way I found out was NASA called. Mm. And they flew me out to Silicon Valley, uh, gave me a global impact fellowship, right? And I'm like, okay. And that's when Google called. And they flew me up to Flint. They did that. They put me on the homepage of Google. Not not the search result. The, the home page. The doodle. You, you know what I'm talking about? It was a doodle. It's the, not a doodle, but it was a link right there. It was Google and then boom. Mm. And then my friend was like, they don't put nobody on the home page Google except like Martin Luther the King. I'm like, and me, because we out here, you know, in in these streets. And so, you know, the United Nations, Ch- Oprah, like all these people I've seen your from around the world, right? Well, because we were the first to do it. But... In so doing, it's like, okay, we're a tech company, so we started getting inbound requests from investors. So we have financial backing from Google, Amazon, and SoftBank. So SoftBank is one of our investors. What's interesting about SoftBank, if you know, like, Uber, Slack, and WeWork, SoftBank made them unicorns. Mm -hmm. And they said, we got next. So they invested in Aquagenuity. That's what's up. So with that, we, we, um, before the pandemic, our team was about 13 we had a team here in Atlanta, a team in New York, and a team in Seattle. Um, after the plague, the team is now down to six people. Um, but we're about to ramp back up again next year. Yeah. Put me on a team. <laughs> Let's go. 
Yeah, we got a cape for everybody. Yeah, I I feel like I feel like we got a lot we could. Yeah, because the thing is, when you start talking about data to the people, yes, when you go into the people, it has to be packaged a certain way. That's what I'm saying. And we are Uh professionals. I love it at packaging that data. Let me piggyback off of that too, and this is actually nothing to do with water, Mm -hmm. but more to do with the data to the people. Um, Because I actually was trying to like get into data science myself as Mm -hmm. well. Where do you see the cross between black people and data science? Like, is it increasing? Is it decreasing? Is it something that, you know, how they tell our kids to code? Mm -hmm. Should we also be telling our kids to get into data science? Yeah. You know, because... We don't need no more coders. We need data scientists. We need blockchain engineers. You know, you need to learn machine learning and... Blockchain, blockchain. Artificial intelligence. And, like, we should be the innovators. I fully believe that. Um, Because learning how to code is is way over here in a chain of things that need to happen to really bring innovation forward. So I would definitely encourage people to explore data science and to know that a data scientist can, can look like this and be a cool person. You don't have to be no nerd. I don't believe in that. And how do you feel about the new data scientists? Um, Cause you know, now you don't have to go to a four year degree. You can can go through Google. Actually Google will pay you. Well, not pay, but pay for that degree, and mm-hmm. you can learn through their system. Is that still a qualified degree? Like, could somebody get that, holler at Aquagenuity and say, hey, look, I got my Google data science degree. I got certification, some, I yes. I got my certification. I got some of my projects. Yes. Here it goes. Absolutely. Come at you. Absolutely. Right, cool, cool. Yeah. All right, we up. need it. We so, need all of mine to so holler at you. Are there, like, you know how right now there's a big push for the electric cars, like, uh-huh. you know, start using fuel, like, because there's about to be a scarcity of water, is there a movement to like change, stop using water, like use something else? Or is there a substitute <laughs> for you? You know what's interesting about that question, which is why I'm so passionate about this work, is because think about if you're growing a plant, what are the three things you need to grow a plant? You water, need? sunlight, and, and soil. soil, right? Yeah. So I can make a a fake substitute. My boy passed that science section at <laughs> you know high school graduation. Boy. He did. <laughs> <laughs> but you can there's a substitute you can make for soil okay. you can put a plant indoors and have the big bright lights and substitute mm-hmm. for sun there is no substitute for water right that's why I was that's why I was that's why I was saying Dang. it so it's like you, the, what the, are you gonna do the scarcity is inevitable then right you got well unless you clean it what you you're recycling and recycle it because Ooh. there is no new water in the world it's the same drops of water have been on the planet since that millions of oh, years. Speak, speak, say that again. Speak to that. Say, look, look there the is no new that. water on planet Earth. Every drop of water that's here now was here millions of years ago. We're not <laughs> we're not getting any new water. So we have to change the way we interact with water in order to be able to use the water that's it's here. It's so interesting you said that because I was drinking some water the other day and I'm like, this can't be the same water Jesus turned to water. It's the same water. <laughs> it's you know what? It's the same water. <laughs> Isn't that, isn't that kind of cool? Yeah, it is. It is. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. So, all right. So, yeah, your company is a big deal. Like We out here. Yeah. I, mean, I, ain't, I mean, not just hyping you up, but yeah. it's a big deal because water is so important to us. But, again, that's why I was going back to what I was talking about, packaging data and really telling the story. Yeah, it's all about um, the storytelling. I don't think the story of just environmental environmental injustices that are happening in our community, those stories are not being told in a way yeah. that are piquing the broader community's ears. Exactly right. Um, because, again, I work uh, 
I've worked with a couple of different organizations that are just on the environmental front. Uh-huh. And I'm like, dang, like, this shit is a whole other fight out here that yeah. we need. It's like. And people don't know, right? And right, so that's from- one of the reasons why we're starting a media arm. And now you, you're you going to help and support this work. I am. Um, but it's called Humanity Over Everything. And so they want to do a docuseries because we're flying around. Like Kenya, like everywhere has these same problems. Right. So we fly, we land on the ground. And we talk about whatever issue, how it's impacting the community, tell human stories around that. But then we also talk about the solutions, the technology, and the innovators or the community leaders who are actually fixing it. So think Anthony Bourdain meets climate change and environmental justice. Like, that's the show. Meets beautiful black woman. No, I'm talking about with a cape. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so we're doing that. Um, But, you know, podcasts, they have a book coming out next year. Like, it's actually become my job as the CEO and founder of Aquagenuity to be the one to make these stories relevant right. to, to our community. I don't even think they try no more. I feel like they used to try with us. Like we had Captain Planet. I'm on like, the board of the Captain Planet Foundation. See, like, yeah. what's the close thing? We like, PBS used to have all these like environmental, like mm-hmm. you should do this. What do they have now? They don't even try no more. You might be right. Yeah. They don't even right. try no more. So this this is an opportunity for us. To bring it back. I yeah. think some of it, too, is also uh, baked in to, like, the school system because for us, recycling was a brand new thing. So Captain Planet got us excited. Mm-hmm. Now my kids kind of just naturally recycle because mm-hmm. the school tells you, like, put those bottles over here. For yeah. Them. So they don't need Captain Planet. And my kids get on me like, Dad, you're not going to recycle that? <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're yeah. saying, let me put this over here in the right section because you're right. But, like, Captain Planet, we don't have anything fun, you know what I'm saying? Like even mod, I, I didn't think about that. Think We're going to invent that. it. Now, can I ask you this? Uh, last quick, I know you about the rap. Um, what, what, what are the, because I know you have the tech side that people uh-huh. can invest in. That's tech. Are there any opportunities in water to invest in water, to make money from water? I, I asked because, remember that movie they had, The Big Short? They mm-hmm. had that movie, and at the end, the guy mm-hmm. was like, the big story is a movie about the real estate crisis, if, if you didn't know out there. And at the end, the guy was like, the next one is going to be water. Oh, it's true. So he said, and so he leveraged his information to make damn near a billion dollars on real estate. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to do that outside of investing in, like, tech companies for, like, people to make money in water? And then I guess it kind of would help the infrastructure as well. Yeah. Well, purchasing land, if you have or control land that has water on it, is a great move. Um, a lot of a lot of billionaires are doing that actually around the world, which is kind of problematic. <laughs> but they're buying up like any land that has aquifers underneath it. You saw that the Bill Gates did you, bro? They're purchasing nah, they, they it. They be trying to get us because uh, it's gonna be like the scarcity is, is gonna be real. Um, but but so, what does that look like? I would keep saying because yeah, you can't I, imagine a world let, without water. Let me just say this. Yeah, you keep saying that, yeah. Yeah. but you got to realize who you're talking to. Like yeah. I'm like a D Day <laughs> student, like. I look, I believe in the zombie apocalypse. Well, listen, (laughs) I know, right? So listen, that's why. And then you're also talking to another person who I do believe and I kind of believe, but then I also feel like. He the the person going to get caught slipping, but he my friend, so he good. He's in, right. Yeah. (laughs) He's in by proxy. Exactly. Basically. But like, I am like, what is that? No, it's a serious thing. You guys, like, it's not a game. The reason why I started this company, one of, is three reasons why. One, just the data and the story I told you. And I was like, somebody can solve this. I can do it. So I just did it. Two, because one of my uh, mentors, she sits on the board of Matt Damon's water.org. Mm-hmm. They're the founders of Samuel Adams. So they're billionaires. So I'm sitting in her house and she says, hey, what's amazing 
what Matt, I was telling Matt the other day, you know, it's great the work that they're doing with clean water overseas, but somebody needs to do something about water in the United States. And this is a problem that nobody's working on. Like you said earlier, they're all, we're always sending money and bottle drives and digging wells and things somewhere else and not addressing it here. But the third reason that I started this work is because of what happened to my dad. Like he got sick and you heard it in the TED Talk, at the end of the TED Talk. He basically passed away due to complications from what was in his water. We just didn't know that's what it was. And only because I was doing this this work and this research did I know that yeah, there was sure. a connection. And I was like, how many people are really being impacted? And, and we have no idea. So if you think about what's happening in Jackson or what happened in Flint or what happened um, with Aaron Brockovich, you know, in that California town mm-hmm. or movie, Camp South, Lejeune. South Carolina, Denmark. South Denmark, Carolina. South Carolina, mm-hmm. like these, there are thousands of these stories. There are almost 4,000 flints in the United States, just led by itself, not even dealing with all the other stuff that could be in your water. And we just always think of it as happening to those people over there. So when you see the story and you see the videos and you see the kids trying to fill up the bathtub and they can't even use it, the water's brown and this and that and all the stuff we see on Instagram. And it's like, oh, this is terrible. But what if the whole world was like that or 30% of the world was like that or, you know, um, half of the citizens in the United States couldn't access water consistently, right? And so when they keep telling y'all they're going to Mars, they're not playing. So when I first did this work and I went out to get... um, You shouldn't have said that shit. No, listen, listen. Let's talk about it. Are we we going? To get this award, the first award that I got... In Silicon Valley, and I fly out there. I'm in a room. Nobody looks like me in the room. And the, these two billionaires whose names I will not call, but he was talking about his friend, who I can say now because it's public knowledge, his friend Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. And he had, at this time, 2018 ish. Oh, yeah, can they don't tell us all the billionaires? He in had the world, liquidated. Forbes to be telling some of them. Right. He had liquidated a, bi- a billion dollars of his personal assets so he could help us figure out how to become a multiplanetary species and how to get to Mars. And I'm looking around the room and everybody's like, yeah, this is yeah, like, this is a great idea. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, don't we have any problems on planet Earth that we need to be solving? And then don't we need to make it to the moon first to even get to Mars? See, I'm not even going. <laughs> what you're not going to do on today. There's certain things I'm not going to go there. With you. No, no, so look, let's inform you an inside joke. It's cool, it's cool. So, let's inform you an inside joke. So look, so hold on. So for the past <laughs> month, I've been following stuff, right? And I text him an article. I see him. We don't get into it because I know you got you some time. But I text him an article, right? So he's being funny. He texts one of our other podcasts hosts, you know. Tell him to talk about that on your podcast, right? <laughs> so I wasn't even going to bring it up on this podcast. I wasn't going to bring you it up at you all. You literally just opened it Listen, up. Listen, you just segue back perfectly. I, look, I, so I to your point. I'm not go. mad at any individual. <laughs> Amazon has been a great supporter of Aquagenuity. It's not about an individual. But what I'm telling you is they are literally trying to figure out how to live somewhere other than Earth. Because that's how bad it's messed up. And so my concern is. When they figure that out, or if they get a hovering space station or something, guess who's not going to be right. on the ship? They already. Oh, yeah, I've seen Elysium. I'm about to say, <laughs> say they already made the movie. We're not going to be they on already, the ship. They already <laughs> made the movie. So, they already made the movie, man. The movie. We've got to do something. And then the 100 is another one. 
That's when, when you they see send, what I mean? They yeah. send it back after everybody. Yeah, yeah. Because they're like, oh, yeah. Talking about. It, ain't, it ain't that bad down there. Then you find out it was people who never left because it wasn't bad. They just sent y'all But, okay, but to that, to that point, though, if they do leave, that means there has to be a way to I call make, make water, right? Yeah, that, that technology already exists. Uh-oh. Yeah, from we the air. Move. Yeah, we, I seen that. It's it's it it's a brother from the air. No, no, no. They can. That's a brother. He's in our network too. He yeah. can take air, turn into water. Yeah, that's, that's a thing. But I'm saying they've already figured out how to make water not. So it's really just a yeah. lot of political red tape on hold just on, on, how man. we can no, get some of this stuff. I'm moving. sorry. Hmm? You gotta you gotta go into that. Hmm? You said they figured out how to make world water. Yeah. Into, out They're of actually not kidding about living. In a place other than Earth, so it is new it's, water. It's all I'm saying. No, no, no. They didn't find it. They know how to make it. Yeah, yeah. It's like when they got the DARPA machines. Like that's public knowledge now. We all know about DARPA, and they make the weather. I knew it was like I a like one this step. Podcast. Yeah, but <laughs> see, so this, so this the and, and mind you now. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me put a marker right here. This is, <laughs> we won't cut this out. <laughs> Because when you do get to talking about water, and you get to talking about solutions, and you get to talking about I'm get a knock on my how door to, now. well, I mean, half half of it is some of that too. Because it's like, well, if we have technology to clean damn near any dirty water, and we have technology to make water, it's almost like the, the fast speed transportation technology to get me from here to make it in twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we doing it? Mm-hmm. And is it only because of the political red tape? There's is money in the scarcity. There's money in the scarcity. There you go. So like, there's to, a, a documentary that mm-hmm. everyone should watch. It's on YouTube. It's called "How Big Oil Conquered the World," mm-hmm. and it talks about We're Rockefeller all and and all of that. But it really explains how the modern economic system was built. So everything you're asking me. Is answered in that documentary. It's just how the world is set up. Right Review now. coming on the next podcast, y'all. No, it's really good. Like mm-hmm. it's everything: our financial system, education system, pharmaceuticals and medicine, our food and how we do food. Like just watch it. So if you, mm, like petroleum jelly. So going back to data to the people, mm-hmm. to that movement. In a perfect world, what does data to the people look like from a media aspect for you? Well, one of the things that's important is, like I said, if if you have a world where politicians, corporations, anybody, they know that people can see what's happening very close to real time in their local environment or just quality of life standards and metrics, they behave differently. All of the stuff that we see from Jackson to, you know, they say this has happened over decades and all these things only happen because... Nobody has transparency and insight into these decisions that are being made, these boardroom discussions, right? Doors are closed, and this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. People are not privy to the to the knowledge. So when you put that data in the hands of people, that's the only way that you get big, major policy shifts. and uh, New standards are set. Right. Uh, yeah. What's the government role in data? You know, right now, I, I can't say they don't have a role, but government is, is because they're usually very like behind time in terms of technology, they haven't really harnessed the power of data. So they have a lot of data, they have access to a lot of data. Because like the first time I thought about it is when like all this George Floyd stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. And then they said like local municipalities don't even have to report yes. if there's a police involved shooting. And in my mind, I'm like, 
you can just as easy as doing an Excel sheet is tapping mm-hmm. into like a local data. Like you build yeah. this type of stuff. You can do all of that. Yeah. And it's a simple thing. It's not even a year long. It could be done within six months. Yeah. But it's also like, where is the government? When they, and that's just one piece of data. The water is another piece. The food. There's Absolutely. so many data points that I feel like the government should just be in control of. Yeah. But the government is not the seat or the center of innovation. It never has been. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, that's why we need more. It can't just be one of me out here because we do water, air, soil. We can do climate data. We can do any data because our data engine is, right. we're tech agnostic. I mean, we're sector agnostic. Right. So we can do data on any neighborhood uh, sustainability metric uh, and give you a score. But there can't just be one of me, innovators. I'm calling all innovators. There's got to be thousands of us out here solving these problems and leveraging technology to solve problems because the government... What they're supposed to do, the reason why, you know, Jackson is such an upsetting thing in Flint, because they're supposed to do the things we can't do. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't have my own army ready to go at all times to protect me if somebody tries to drop a bomb in Atlanta. So the government's supposed to do that. But infrastructure, I can't, you know, spend billions of dollars and put pipes in. I'm I'm expecting them to do that. So that's really one of the most intimate relationships we have with the government is through water. So when they don't do it or it doesn't happen, it's such a breach of trust. It's very, very damaging for a community. So because you said that, is water the only thing, like not privatized, but like it seems like can you have private water? Like could you be a a millionaire in Jackson right now and somehow sectioned yourself off in the city so you have your own good, clean water? Yeah, you could. I mean, if you had a source from the river or whatever and then you – Ran your own filtration. Yeah, you could do that. So then there, so to saying that to say there is a possibility that there are rich families who water scarcity is not a problem because they're going to be, they're directly tapped in. No, they don't care about well, the yeah. local They water can do system. that. And also, like I said, uh, if you have newer infrastructure, if you have a strong tax base in mm. your neighborhood, it's probably likely that they're doing the repairs and the maintenance. So and you have less of this type of issue. So the water can be sectioned off. It's not all connected because part of it, it feels like comes, almost of the pipes. Was- wherever it comes from, then it goes to your water treatment facility. And then it goes at last mile out your pipe. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's the big argument for them. They're saying that, yes, 80% black. But the average income is twenty five thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't have the tax. They don't, base. they don't have the tax money to do it. And then the but state that, won't get involved. The state, they have money and they won't. Yeah, yeah. The state is not giving it to them. They they talking about they want the airport it's, back. Well, they said it, it sets the precedence of uh, if we do that, it set, lets everybody else feel like there's money that the state has to give away. Like the, really, the governor is just being an ass. Like, like for sure, that's all. So, yeah, that's why we say humanity over everything. Because at the end of the day, you can talk to me about budgets all day, but you're not going to make it okay for these people to be poisoned. Like, so, what do, so I know you're going to uh, Jackson, right? So how can, other than sending water, is there something else that we could do to get involved that you, based off your information and data, that's really going to help people not only in Jackson, but even in Flint? Like. Yeah, we're on a mission, like like I said, to establish new standards and to really change the way we do water, right? Mm -hmm. So the the issue of water and all the burden of the cost of that water in Jackson being on those people who live there who can't afford it, Mm -hmm. that's part of the flaw. So we're creating a system that uh, distributes the responsibility or the ability to uh, pay into the cost 
to anybody. So imagine if you had a card, like a, a climate card or something, and you just your regular debit card, but every time you swipe, money goes into a fund. So when there's a crisis like this, that money's already there to help those people. These are the type of ecosystems that we're building. I and have that too. Putting data you? in place to, so there's transparency, there's oversight and, and reporting to make sure that the money's going where it's supposed to go. That we can do that. Nobody has had the will to say I'm going to do it. So I raise my hand. I'll do it. Oh well, I can help you with that technology. All right, I've, I've built that. Technology. That's what I'm talking On a about. Serious note, we built that technology. Before. That that's what we have to do. We I have like to that. aggregate all of our powers combined. And this like is that. how we change the world. I like that. Uh, yeah. Born and raised in Atlanta, sis. I, I like that. I uh-huh. like that. Uh, you've been great. It's been great. I definitely learned a lot. Um, I definitely learned a lot too. I think this is a, this episode. We coming back. Look. Well, not just that. I mean, I, I, you really inform me on a lot of things, and I think I gotta go like, get a filter for my. We all have yeah. individual responsibility to protect our own health, but also to do something about this problem instead of just watching it happen. And you homegrown. Oh, and yeah. I don't think you. I don't know if you know how important that is, especially for our crowd, like especially for Black people. Like mm-hmm. when you see, like, oh, this is a home grown American person coming up with, like you said, because everything seems like mm-hmm. we have problems here that we got to fix here. Yeah. And, like, I know we got ingenuity. I know we have smart people. Yeah. I know we got innovators. So to meet one yeah. and to be able to have them on my podcast, that's a wonderful thing. I like that. Thanks, Love girl. it. Thank yeah. you all for having me. Can you give the people your information, how they can find you, all that good stuff? Um, yeah, I'm at Doll Levant on all social media, and we're at Aquagenuity on all social media. Um, check the uh, links in the show link. Um, put her TED Talk everything in there. Yeah, yeah. So, so people can go that. check that out. Check that out. Uh, Doll, thank you so much. Thank y'all. Uh, oh my God. I appreciate you. This, this conversation definitely flowed like water. <laughs> uh, but we're going to do it like this. We say it every week. We love y'all. We need y'all. But most importantly, we can't wait to see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Just Eldridge Podcast. Just a City with T.I. Outcast and Uwe. Everybody know about Atlanta. It's just a Gucci. Everybody know about the scammers, about the trappers. And what we living now, it's just that lifestyle. Turn on my podcast. I'm trying to hear the real now. Hear perspective. We gonna keep it real now. Every day we on the grind. Sometimes it's hard to tune out the outside. Oh, oh, It's just Eldridge. It's just Eldridge. Tune in on the podcast. Tune in on the podcast. Yeah. Real things, you know we gon' last. Yeah. Kick it back, kick it back, kick it back.